What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up, and we're coming from live from Fabtech 2022. Look at all the people in the background. There's a ton of people here. Uh, matter of fact, we had to skip registration because we had to get on a podcast with our friends with Fanic, Adam Willey. Welcome to the show, Adam. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is a systems integrator specializing in robotic weld cell applications, and especially the design and manufacturing of the weld fixture. If you have any robotic weld cell needs, you can reach us at RFQ at EliteAutomationUSA.com. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, we're glad to have you. All good, man. No, I'm, I really appreciate you having me on the show. I was super excited when you reached out. Um, just really glad to talk about a little bit how I got here and, and uh, you know, kind of hopefully help uh, inspire and guide some, uh, some other people who are looking to get into robotics and automation. Yeah, so I guess let's go ahead and start this thing out by tell us where you're currently at in, in your career. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like you guys said, my name's Adam Willey. I'm a district sales manager for Fanuc Robotics. Um, I'm responsible for the entire state of Florida for robotics sales and support, um, as well as the Caribbean, uh, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, and so on. Awesome. What are you, you going to pass us some of those orders? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. Yeah, so you definitely established a, a really cool position, and, and you know, I think it's a... Uh, a position of prestige. Um, and so you obviously had to go through, uh, you know, a rough road, a rocky road to get where you're at today. Can you tell us where, where did this all begin? Like, what, what were you like as a, a young uh, teenager child? Mm -hmm. Were you thinking about this industry whatsoever? Dude, that is the perfect lead in question because the story really does begin that many years ago. Um, I feel like an old man now. I'm I'm 34. I turn 35 next month. I'm, I'm feeling old, showing some gray on the sides. But it really did start when I was 18. Um, so I'm now I'm in Florida, which life is awesome. But I was born and raised in Michigan. And uh, when I was 18, I was attending Grand Valley State University. Go Lakers, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, I was taking some core engineering curriculum. So at this point, I had already kind of decided, like, I'm good at math, I'm good at physics, and, you know, I'm really bad at everything else. Like, I could tell how my brain was wired, right? Like, all through high school, just mathematics, and, and um, I took a lot of CAD, uh, you know, design classes all in high school, um, and that came really easy to me, and everything else just couldn't capture my attention, right? So I knew engineering something. I knew where I was wired. But what Grand Valley did, and, and plug for them, if anyone's near West Michigan, great school because, and a lot of schools do this, they start all engineers off on a core curriculum and make you like check out a bunch of different things to see what you're good at and what you like before you go into a niche. Yeah. And in one of my programming classes, uh, our professor was like, you know what? We're taking a field trip. And we're like, <laughs> field trip? You know, what the heck, you know? He says, yeah, we're going to take a field trip. We're going to go visit a custom automation shop in Holland, Michigan called JR Automation. Nice. And we're like, I didn't even know what that meant. I lived in West Michigan, didn't have a clue what that meant. 
you got to remember, you know, 16 years ago, there were no robotics classes in high school. There wasn't even a robotics division at Grand Valley at the time. Mm -hmm. Didn't know what I was walking into. We took a, a, a field trip to JR Automation and I walked in and the first time I saw a robot, I just felt like I was on a the set of a sci-fi movie. I'm like, what is this? Like, no one told me this existed. And it was cool because in my coding class, you're sitting there compiling, you know, C sharp or C++ here. And you just compile code and you get a little output and you're like, yay, it worked. But when you program a robot, there's physical movement, there's motion, there's assembly, something's happening, you know, there's servo wine and things are moving. It's just so cool to see your code manifested into real life. And at the time, the president of JR uh, was Brian Jones. And uh, he asked the, 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 the tour from, from college, he said, what do you guys want to do when you grow up? You know, what, what do you want to do when you graduate? And everyone kind of sat there staring at each other, waiting for an answer. And my hand shot up. I said that I want to do that. <laughs> and and Brian said, come talk to me uh, before the class leaves. So every everybody leaves. And I sit down with Brian. He goes, you want an internship? I'm like, yeah, buddy, yeah. I do. And yeah. so I started right in while I was still in college. I started right off the bat as an early teen working at JR Automation as an intern. And, and that immediately shaped my life. So fast yeah. forward, what it did is it it got me to decide that I wanted to earn my bachelor's of science in electrical engineering. I went doubly, um, mainly because I almost flunked out of my trust class, like trust systems. Like you see any of these triangles behind me? I I couldn't yeah. I couldn't do it. I've about failed. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm not an Emmy, can't do it. Um, but electrical came very natural to me, so it helped me guide me that way. Mm-hmm. And the internship with JR and um, graduated, got a job as a controls engineer at JR. Um, and then uh, I moved from there to a smaller startup company. I was employee number six and we grew that to about 30 people. Um, company still in West Michigan uh, called Advanced Mechatronics. Awesome company. Some of the best friends I've ever had in my life. Dan Wilson, if, if you see this on LinkedIn, DW, I love you. I miss you. Um, but Advanced Mechatronics, awesome company. Um, I just couldn't take snow and ice anymore. I, I, right. I couldn't take living in the north. My wife and I decided to move. She's a nurse. She can do whatever she wants, anywhere she wants. So we decided to move. And we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. And living in Charlotte um, is where I started with, with FANUC. So I, I had a background program in FANUC from Advanced uh, Mechatronics and JR. FANUC took me on and my job was robotics engineer. Um, I supported companies from Virginia down to Florida and from the Atlantic over to Mississippi. And I would just get dispatched around helping people with robot problems, programming installations, Um, design, everything. So life was going good as an engineer. I had my engineering degree. I was an engineer. Life is good. Everything's fine. Enter Dick Motley of FANUC. And I'm sure Dick will see this. And I I love you, Dick. You're the man. Dick was my boss. And he kind of started nudging me. He goes, Adam, he goes, you need to be in sales. I'm like, no way, man. I said, I I couldn't even sell a candy bar in the Club Scouts. You know, I I don't know. He goes, no, he goes, he goes, you're way too 
too chatty of an engineer to to not be in sales. If you haven't figured this out by now in the podcast, I don't shut up. <laughs> um, sorry for hijacking it, but it's who I am. Oh, good. So so Dick Dick Motley recognized that, and he's like, "You got to go into sales. You got to go into sales." And he worked on me, and he groomed me for about a year, um, kind of transitioned me from engineering to inside sales, so I could learn the lay of the land, support our outside sales guys. And then finally, the the day came. He's like, "You ready for the big leagues?" I'm like, "Well, what do I got to do?" He says, "You got to move to Florida." All right, man. You know, twi- <laughs> yeah. twist my arm. You know, got to go live in uh, eternal paradise. You know, live where people vacation. And yeah. and I've now been in my role in sales uh, for it'll be five years this January. And um, man, what a just what a blessing and what a, what an intersection of the explosion of the industry and the uh, transition in my career, because anyone watching this knows uh, automation is just at this exponential peak right now. I mean, it is clearly the place to be. And I literally got here by accident. You know, I, I I literally started in high school. Like the only thing I'm good at is math. Okay. Go to college. Well, go on a field trip, saw a robot for the first time in my life at age 18. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Good, cool guy gives me a shot, took advantage of that shot. So, you know, my, you could literally pinpoint years of my life where somebody, some mentor, some higher up, some owner, some president, some manager opened a door right? Like they literally saw me working hard, saw me excelling. And like, you might've heard the saying, like, you know, you know, opportunity will find you, but it better find you working. Like <laughs> you, you, yeah. you, if you're applying yourself and you're given a hundred percent, someone's going to see that and open a door. Dude, I never knew I would be in robotics. I never would have dreamt I'd be in sales. And I sure as heck would have never moved to Florida <laughs> of all places. <laughs> never in a million years would I would have thought of Florida. Yeah. And here I am, a robotics salesman in Florida. The three things I thought would never happen in my life are the three things that define me now. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and, and like you said, it was like a mentor. It was like generally it was like some moment, something of like, hey, do you want to do this? Hey, does this sound um, like you're interested in? Uh or, you know, just like how that moment of that one field trip, like if you took that one field trip, like where would your life have been? Like, you never know. Could have went completely different. Um, so those opportunities are huge. I mean, you said one thing at the very beginning, whenever you're like, whenever you said, what do you guys want to do? You raised your hand and said, I want to do that. Right. And I had that literally that exact same thing, but I was, I was just at the college, right. I went to the college and I'm like, guys, I got to do something. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have to do something. Right. And, so they started listing off their different degree programs. They're like, we have mechanics, we have, you know, welding, we have automation. I'm like, what's that? And uh, they started like listing off some different things. And they said robots. And I said, that one, you know, very clearly. I was like that one. I just stopped her in her tracks, you know? So it was like a very hard, like, I knew like this was the direction, you know? Um, Dude, that's I, I love I love hearing that because you and I both had it where there was there was an epiphany moment a moment, right? Like your brain yeah. saw something and sub like subconsciously you're like, oh my gosh, that is the coolest thing ever. I have to do that. Yeah. And and I think that's what a lot of people miss 
like they go to school because they're told to go to school and they go to college because they're told to go to college and it's work hard, get good grades, get an internship, get a job, get a degree, blah, blah, blah. And there's this fixed path. And I, in some ways like that did really work for me. I mean, I got lucky, but I've also seen people that like, you know, they're, they're 10, 20 years into their career and they're like, I'm unhappy. I can't take this. And they just go to a trade school and just pick up something that speaks to them. You know, yeah. like one of my heroes is Mike Rowe. Just watch anything by Mike Rowe, you know, just find something you're passionate about and you're good at, and then just charge that as hard as possible. Right. Like, yeah. you know, like I said, for me, I, I would have loved to have been a mechanical engineer. I sucked at it and it was boring. Right. So <laughs> I, I had to find that thing that like, Oh man, these are so cool. Cause when something's cool, it's, it's easy to, to work hard and not even know you're getting into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think another thing that tends to be an issue is individuals uh, spending too much time trying to decide what they're going to do. Like they have to go out and they start, have to start tasting stuff. Right. So I like, like one of my recommendations to people is like, if you don't have an idea, go grab a two year degree right maybe get it in, in automation robotics or somewhere in, the, in this industry because you know it's going to be booming you know you're going to have a job you're going to make good money you're not going to struggle to find a job all these boxes are ticked off right yep and then from there worst case scenario you don't use it at all it's two years right yeah and and and, and after you get that two-year degree now you're set up to make you know if you go to the control side of things you're easily over 25 dollars an hour oh yeah and and there, you know there's some people that may never experience $25 an hour in their life. And it's literally yeah. only two years of school to change that. hundred percent, dude, that, that is so true. And like, you know, even, even how, how at Grand Valley, there, there's a lot of schools that do it. But like when I was at school, they made you take product development. They made you take mm -hmm. mechanical. They made you take electrical. They made you take computer science. They made you take all these different classes so that you can kind of feel what you're good at. You know, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. like, and like you said, um, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. Like, yeah, I, I have a four year double E degree, but I mean, I'm not saying that I, I could be where I am today with or without it, but I, I would say that everything I learned, I learned on the job. Like yeah. my degree was my degree up there. Yeah. My, my, my degree was, was, was a piece of paper that got me hired. But then, right. like I said, I didn't even see a robot till I was on, on the plant floor, you know, yeah. and, and, and then I had, you know, people on the job teaching me, um, you know, one of my good friends at JR, Ken Burr, you know, Ken, he, you know, pulled, just taught me everything I needed to know about PLCs, Alan Bradley, uh, panel view HMIs, you know, FANUC robots. Um, I think it's important, not just for yourself to like, learn and strive, but network, right? Plug in, yes. surround yourself with people who are experienced, surround yes. yourself with people who are smarter than you and, yes. and literally just soak up that free knowledge. Like it's literally free, just be their shadow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that was like a big thing that I actually really missed out on in my career. So like I was, I worked for a somewhat smaller systems integrator. They, I think at their biggest, they may have been at like 13, 15 employees or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so they're just a smaller company, smaller network. Like 
a lot of the guys like that were that were working there they came from like one of them used to be a school teacher and learned robot programming uh another one was a um electronic repair individual and they and they learned robot programming pills programming was super sharp you know these guys were you know all super super sharp but uh they also had probably a disconnect with the industry right right um they were good at their jobs. So like the customers we had, like there was a good connection there, but even for me, like I, I did a lot of work on capital mm-hmm. projects. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was a lot of build time. It was six months, nine months, one year of build time. And, you know, customers are only coming on site ever so often, you know, once every three months, once, you know, every six months, something like that, maybe a little bit more frequently towards the end of the deployment. But, uh, so there was not a lot of, face-to-face interaction with me with customers because I wasn't a, the on-the-road guy doing a lot yeah. of the work. So here I am in, in a building with, you know, the same, you know, 13, 15 guys all the time for the most part, you know. And uh, and then, you know, for me, especially with being a business owner, right, mm-hmm. I transitioned from, you know, knowing a select few individuals. And then and then all on top of that, like a lot of the, like, the individuals that I knew customer-base-wise, now I couldn't even really – I had to be careful on my communication with them because I had a non-compete with starting this company. You know, that was one yeah. of the big things like, Hey, just don't go after our customers and we're good. Right. Yeah. And so, so now it's like all, all the few people I didn't know, I wasn't able to really have access mm-hmm. to and whatnot. So 101%, like I, I mean, we've had very, very successful and quick growth here at elite, but mm-hmm. um, I think it would just, it would have been even better. Like we would have been just slammed with, with like work. If it, if I would have just like networked and had so many different connections and friends what's going on, Mm-hmm. Uh, so many different connections and friends and like uh, that, like that connection where people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah like that. <laughs> that's, that's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so I, I missed out on that. So like starting a business now, everything's been a grind. And then we, I started, we started in COVID. So oh. now there's like not a, like my, one of my things was like, okay, I don't know anybody. I need to go to events and get to know people. Right. Yeah. And, uh well covid so no events right so like i was like that that completely shifted like what what we had to do to to start getting known and and uh start meeting new people and things like that mm-hmm. and uh yeah for us like we had to do that virtually for a big portion of it because even then like customers weren't letting new vendors in the facility i mean i think it was like oh dude don't get me wrong there was a few customers here and there but like uh it wasn't until like the 2021 or something where like the doors were kind of getting back to being wide open where they're just allowing new vendors all the time. Oh, there, there's so much truth to that. And man, seriously, all the respect in the world to, to you for what you did in the, in the timeline of the world, right. That, that you did it in, um, you know, that's, that's one of the big things too, is um, uh, business ownership, right. Uh, versus working for a company too. And, and you, you had the, the guts and the moxie to go out there and, and, and start your own business. I, I will fully admit I'm, I'm a scaredy cat. I'd, I'd rather, uh, you know, have my salary paycheck and uh, my 401k. Yeah. I, I, I've always been a little too afraid to pull the trigger and, and start my own thing. But that's but that's I think that's part of it, too, is how brains are wired. You are wired as an entrepreneur. Right. And 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 you're killing it. Um, and uh, and actually, I want to touch on one more thing you said. Just a, a quick plug, yeah. you know, during during the, the the heat of the pandemic, you know, you're you're trying to grow a business and can't travel. 
I was I, I was an outside sales guy who couldn't travel, oh. right? And so um, during the pandemic, I'm like, man, what can I do to network, help people, and just keep myself busy while being stuck in the house? And um, that's when I started my uh, Fanic YouTube training channel. So on on YouTube, I started it in like April of 2020. No surprise, yeah. um, but it's all Fanic training. And I wanted to take my 11 years of engineering yep. and just put that out there for people. Like you were just saying, like people who are, you know, looking for a career change or looking to get into something or dabble. Even some of my videos are like experienced users who just need tips and tricks you can't find in the manuals. It's like, yeah. it's like, what can you do to, you know, take that knowledge and, and pass it on to the next people. So many people in my life imparted knowledge on me to make my life better. How can I do that and pass it on? Right. Yeah. Um, heard a really cool phrase one time that said, uh, knowledge is the one thing you can give away, give away, give away and never run out of. Right. Like it's, it's not like money. Yeah. You, you give your money away, you're out. Um, knowledge, you can give it away, give it away, give it away and, and, and never run out of it. So it just, it just helps people to do that, you know? And, yeah. and I think that's a testament to your podcast too. Like anyone who's clicking on, on your stuff, you know, hopefully it's helping them in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the big reasons for starting this podcast was just like, I was kind of one of those individuals that didn't know a path. So like if somebody mm -hmm. can click on this and kind of get some experience and, and also like firsthand experience, like there's a lot of things that like, there's not a lot of podcasts that go into people's history, especially in our, in our industry, right? Like really digging deep into like step-by-step, -step, like how you kind of ended up to where you're at. Cause there's, you know, even for me, like a big, big thing. And probably part of the reason why I started a company is I didn't grow up in like a, you know, a very positive atmosphere. So like I kind of had a lot of disbelief in myself. And, mm -hmm. and at some point in time, I was kind of like, you know, nobody's going to give me the opportunity that I can give myself and, 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 you know, part of that is just because of, because well, that's just the truth when it comes to like being a business owner. But then the other thing is too, I'm just not the best at like, at like, um, promoting, I would be the guy, I'd be like that guy that was overlooked. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I may have been the better, I may have operated better. I may have managed teams better, been a better controls engineer, all the things. Right. But maybe I don't go up to Billy Joe's office and talk to him every day and, and just shoot the shoot the crap so then i you know i'd get passed up on something like that so um being able to distill like and and people hear those type of things like may make make them and help them make the different shifts throughout their their career oh absolutely absolutely and that's and that's yeah dude that's there's so much truth in that too right like you know, not what you know, it's who you know, like, it's frustrating when you see some someone get passed up or something, because they just didn't go golfing with the CEO that weekend or whatever, right? Like, yeah, that that's, it's a sad, harsh reality of the world. But, you know, but I also, I really do feel that like, hard work and, and karma goes around, right? Like, you, you get out what you give in, you know, and, you know, um, I don't know. I, I think it's more important to to make your mark and and do what you can to help other people than than it is to just climb a corporate ladder and rub elbows the right way. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if it wasn't for like me trying to navigate in different ways and trying to be better at this and that to maybe be seen and, and to get more raises and things like that, mm -hmm. I would have probably 
there's definitely a portion of, of me that would have not have learned some of the things that I've learned mm-hmm. to be able to be in a position of starting a business and be able to start a business and operate as, as successfully as, as we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just been, th- this is actually one of my, my like very core beliefs uh, that, that goes into that. And it's, it's adding more value than anybody else around you. Oh yeah. And I think there's always like some type of universal return to that, whether, you know, I don't go into the mind of ever expecting anything back out of that. Yep. But I just always think like, Hey, how can I do this to add more value to this person? And then I think just some way the universe rewards that. Dude, 100%. I I literally couldn't agree more. Like that, that's a pretty good philosophy to hold on to, you know, just, I, I do like that add value, you know, every, and what people, I think what people forget, you know, especially in industry, cause we're all just so we're all engineers. So everything's all black and white. There's a problem. There's a solution. We got to get there. But what you forget is like with like, let's look at elite automation, right? You're providing a system solution to someone. Okay. That's great. You're looking at a business case, build the thing, deliver it, get paid. But that someone is using that solution. Like they're buying it from you on the premise that they're, they're measured on some KPI. They need better mm-hmm. throughput, better ROI, better something. So that yep. guy that you're selling to, you are literally changing his life. Like the, the, the roof he puts over his family's table is hingent upon your system that you're delivering, right? Mm-hmm. His job is to better his company, better the throughput, make the orders, you know, get things out the door. And if he doesn't do that, you know, his life, I I say this dramatically, but his life changes, right? Like it's, it's, it's his livelihood. He's a person with, with real life problems and real life struggles and stuff he's going through. And when he turns to someone in automation and says, yes, I will hire you to put robots over here, dude, you're not just putting a robot in you're, you are literally changing the performance of a company, which changes paychecks, which changes probably his kid's college fund for crying out loud. Yeah. Right? Everything we do has such a ripple effect, you know, um, it's just, it, it, that's why, like you said, bring value. Don't, don't just try and sell a product mm-hmm. or sell yourself, bring some value and make that guy's life a little bit easier than what it would have been without you. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned something there that, that, you know, with, with, with us providing value by providing a system, in all honesty, like the first year to two years of, of us being in business, I didn't even really feel, I didn't like in my heart feel that we were adding a value to somebody. Right. Yeah. And it was like, there was some like passion and fire kind of missing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is or why, but like something about when we started getting into robotic welding, mm-hmm. I started feeling that I started feeling mm-hmm. like we're really providing the value. Like, even though, you know, adding the you know robotic palletizer to the end of line, is, is adding adding value but something about like when we started doing the robotic welding side of things it was like i think one of the big things is like like we're, we're helping that engineer like he has he has a job to get done he has you know this this weld fixture that needs to be designed and and they need to deploy that program at a specific time to meet their customers in needs and so yep. there's like very clear deadlines that everybody has to hit to make sure that like that vehicle can get manufactured oh exactly. and uh Something about that and, and like the communication that goes on with the customer, like has definitely got me fired up and, and more passionate about uh, us truly adding a value. 
you know, oh, yeah. from the heart, you know, from the heart. Seriously, seriously, from the heart. And like, and and it goes both ways too, right? Like there's such a euphoric feeling when you deliver something and you just see someone all happy and wow, high five, this is great. Yeah. We're making money, life is good. And then let's be real, there's problems and there's debug and there's weird things that that, that come <laughs> up in automation, right? And And on the other side, you know, you got to have the, you know, how do I want to say the ethics, you know, the, the, the engineering ethical mindset that you don't walk away from someone like, sorry, there's your robot. You bought it. See you later. Like, yeah. no, you know, I, I take it personally. If someone buys a robot and they're not happy with it, dude, it, it wrecks my day until I can get in there and make them happy. You know, whether it's a reprogram, a retool, a redesign, swap a robot out, whatever it takes, like, it literally will keep me up at night and like wreck my day if if someone is not a hundred percent happy and 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 people like, oh yeah 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 corporate whatever it's like no dude it's it's real like how can you sleep at night if you sell something to someone and they feel cheated or they feel let yeah. down or or whatever it is mm -hmm. um, you know it's it's I, I I think it's all it just comes down to the the passion right the passion yeah. and caring about it. Yeah, I'm kind of glad you brought that one up because I think that, that that actually played a role into me feeling more passionate because the reason why we got into like the robotic welding side of things is hiring individuals who had robotic welding experience. And not only like these guys have robotic welding experience, but they're the guys that put in the 18 hours and sleep in their car. They'll go back inside and, mm -hmm. and start crunching at it again. He says, you know, one of my guys, he says, he says, just give me five minutes to go outside, smoke a cigarette. I'll go back in and, and she said, I'll work another eight hours. Yep. <laughs> okay, man. But like, yep. I, I think that just them being that that uh, passionate about what they do, and then willing to put their work into it, like uh, you know that much work with that much heart, like we, you know, not walking away until we're finished, it builds that sense of like pride and and just mm -hmm. where you feel like you're really, really adding the value and executing. Yep. Yep. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is focusing on AMR technologies. AMRs are autonomous mobile robots used in your facility to transfer goods or products from one side of your facility to the other. This is a super powerful tool and it's a new piece of technology that us as systems integrators can utilize as a tool to leverage your company to be more advanced than the next company and be able to automate systems that at one point were not able to be automated. If you have any AMR needs, you can reach us at rfq at eliteautomationusa.com. And it, and it should be, and it, and it really should be, you know, and it does, it just comes back down to the passion and, and legitimately caring, right? Like, I don't know if, I, I don't know what kind of job, you know, if, if I was, uh, I don't know, it, wasn't it like uh, Roosevelt, Eisenhower, one of them who said, whatever you are, be a good one. Right. Like, I don't, care, I don't care if you're the shopping cart retriever at, at Publix. Right. Like, yeah. do, do it with the best passion ever, you know, because that shopping cart could blow away and smash into somebody's Porsche or Tesla. Yeah. Right. Like, just whatever it is, like, you better be super into it or don't do it at all. You know, um, yeah. you, you, you gotta you gotta really, really care about it and be into it. You know, and there's there's probably. 8 million careers that if I was plunked into, I would just hate it and I would half-ass it and just, yeah. just mail it in and just get my eight hours and bail out. Um, yeah. But it, it takes that one, one job where, 
I mean, dude, especially in sales, like sales never sleeps. Like that is legit. Like phone is on 24 seven, 365 vacations, holidays, nights, weekends, people call right. me, but dude, I mean, for every problem that someone calls me with, there's probably a phone call with a purchase order tied to it. And that's a pretty darn good day. Right. So, yeah. um, it's, 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 it's legit about helping people. You know, people always think that you can only help people if you're in healthcare Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Going going back into your career, whenever you landed uh, the sales position, what was that like at the beginning? Um, can I say hellish nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> Any anyone who knows me uh, knows that the the first, I bet you the first eight months, like the better part of a year, it was filled with stress, no sleep, regret. Um, it was so hard. Um, I don't know if my friend Brian LaPlante will watch this. Brian, you know, uh, because my friend Brian went from engineering to sales as well. And now he sells Fanuc out in Arizona. Um, it was so hard. And I legit was just like, take me back, put me back in engineering. Just let me be my cubicle. Let me write my code. Let me work eight to five and just... It was so, so, so bad. It was lit. And, and, and you know what else made it bad? And you can definitely empathize with this. I, I lived in Michigan for 23 years. Then I lived in Carolina for like two or three years. When I moved to Florida, not only did I know nobody, I didn't know the highway systems. I didn't know travel. I didn't know the companies. Nobody knew me. I was just this phantom person, right? How do you go from being a complete nobody to selling to as many businesses as possible in a state, right? And it yeah. was so, so hard. And, and you know this because you started your business in COVID, you know, with, with a new book of business. How do you reach new people as fast as possible? And I was like stressing myself out so bad. And um, it was my boss, uh, James Farmer. He says, dude, it's organic growth. There is no such thing as an easy button. You can't just be like, boop, there. Everybody in Florida knows me. It's yeah. it's phone calls, meetings, travel, putting the time in, Zoom, mm-hmm. WebEx, whatever, and like, you know, masking up and knocking on doors. And like, it literally took me a year of just organic growth mm-hmm. to the point where I like hit enough of a stride that I was even making a paycheck that was like, you know, worth buying, you know, able to buy us a house. My wife and I were actually homeless for a few weeks. That was fun. Um, Different story, totally different story, but related. Um, But it was so hard. And I have a very engineering mindset, still do, where there's a problem, there's a solution. And the faster to get from point A to point B is just work harder, work more hours. Well, in sales, Working harder and working more hours does not necessarily get you more purchase orders, right? Right. Like when I had to install a robot and someone said, this has to be running by Monday. Okay, guess we're working Saturday and Sunday and it'll be done Monday. But in sales, if the end of the month is coming and I don't have any orders, I can't work Saturday and Sunday and just poof, manifest more Mm -hmm. more orders. And so the cognitive dissonance in my brain, like I, I literally couldn't handle how can I be successful I'm working so hard I'm trying so hard I'm just spinning my wheels and um 
Good Lord. I mean, I don't know, maybe hats off to my wife for, for keeping me sane and keeping me alive and, and pushing me through it and helping me out. Um, I guess I'll probably credit her, but uh, um, perseverance and time. And after I survived that first year, year two was easier. Year three was easier. Year four was easier. Now I'm coming into year five. And it's like, now people know me, right? Like, yeah, people are like, Oh, yeah, call Adam, you know, and it's just like, I've helped so many people that like, they'll tell their friends like, Oh, this robot that's running my shop. I got it from Adam, give him a call, right? And so then you start getting referrals. And it really, James was right, it really is organic growth. There's no, there's no cheater way to like, uh, go viral in sales or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. you just got to put the time in and put your head down and work ridiculous hours. And sometimes you got to get through the low spots in life to, uh, to get there. But um, I really am glad you asked that question because people think that it's just some magical thing that I graduated from engineering to sales and, you know, moving to Florida was great and money was great and everything was great. No, it was, it was hell for a year. And, and I had to, I had to make it be good. Right. What were some of the things that you think you feel like you did in the beginning to to help you through that process? Part of it was, I would say the biggest part was time management. Um, Really not getting, I had to not allow myself to get bogged down too deep into the details of one thing Mm -hmm. because I had a hundred irons in the fire every given day. And there's just, there's not enough hours in the day. You'll, you'll, you'll burn out, right? Legit. Mm -hmm burn out. So part of it was time management, mental health. Like you said, the guy who's like, okay, let me go outside, smoke a cigarette, breathe. I'll come back in. I'll be good. Um, Part of it was just taking care of myself. And then part of it too, was almost just like this Zen submission of just, I'm going to leave it all on the court and whatever happens, happens. Because in sales, that's how it is. You, you can't put a gun to someone's head and have them sign a check. You, you you just go in there, you tell them your piece, and and you compare with your competitors, and you 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 know speak from the heart, try and treat them good, and then leave them alone. You know, don't don't pester them, don't don't piss them off and get a restraining order. <laughs> you know, don't don't yeah. slam you know. Yeah. Don't slander the bad guys. Just be real, be genuine. And then once you leave it all on the court and you walk away, hey, if you get an order, you get an order. If you don't, try again tomorrow. And so I found a little bit of a like serenity just in the zen of it is what it is, dude. Like I can yeah. only do so much as a person and I can only try so hard. And mm-hmm. and if I get it, I get it, you know. And uh, so I would actually say I'm and that's you get you ask another good question there. I'd say a big part of it was just the mental health. I mean, yeah. I could have put myself in an early grave of of bourbon and cigarettes. The bourbon hasn't stopped. This has gone left. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just like, take, take care of yourself, stay, stay sharp, you know, just, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, the golden rule, just, just treat people the way you want to be treated and, and it, and it's going to work out. And if it doesn't, dude, it doesn't just, yeah. just go on to the next thing. You know, I mean, I'm sure elite has quoted some projects that you would have been a really good solution for, and you didn't get the order. And that sucks. You put time, money, energy, everything into an order. You don't get the job. Okay. Yeah. Well, didn't get it. Hope, hope, mm-hmm. hope we get the next one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. One, one like strategical thing that's definitely helped out a ton because, you know, I came from being that, that engineer, the controls engineer and going into business owner. So now I, now I have to be the sales guy, which was like never any part of my job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, also have that very engineering mindset. Very, very similar, you know, just want to, you know, just put in more hours, work harder. And, and I think I can get more results. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, like you said, it doesn't really work like that. If it does work like that, you just don't see the results for two more years, yes. you know, which is the hard part. Yeah. Um, calling was one thing though, that, that has made a significant impact in our business. So we were very like virtual, like, Hey, like email follow up. Hey, where are we at with this? Hey, where are we at with that? Right. Mm-hmm. And like, as soon as we started picking up the phone and being like, Hey man, just want to see where you're at with this RFQ, like, da 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 da, da like, um, started having those conversations with individuals and, and also too pressing to be like very open, like, look, mm-hmm. tell us why you don't want to use us. Like yeah. that, that's been very significant in, in our approach. And they're like, well, you know, actually this, this tooling costing is like just astronomical. Like what's going on mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Uh, let, let's go back and look at it. Let us, let us reevaluate, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that, that's just been like very, very significantly impactful. Like having, like going back into a relationship, Yeah. you know, and, and email is not a relationship as much as like a phone and saying, Hey, how's it going? Like it, you know, I haven't heard from you for a while. Like, um, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, dude, that's you. You are man. You're 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 preaching. Um, like I've I've had it before where we can just get to the the resolution so much faster if everyone's transparent. Put put all the cards on the table. Tell me what you're thinking. You know, here's here's my product. Here's my support. Here's my pricing. You know, I've showed you the technology. I've showed you the price. I've showed you that we're there for you. Where are the holes? What are your objections? What are your fears? What are, what's what's holding you back? Let's just talk. You're be yeah. human, right? Human. And and one of the cool things about about me taking my my sales role in Florida is um, I'm actually the first ever Fanuc district manager to live in Florida. Oh, so, wow. So previously, yeah, previously, uh, all the FANUC sales guys who covered Florida, they lived out of state, you know, uh, Carolinas or Georgia or whatever. And they just kind of bop in and check check on Florida. Um, Dude, I live in Bradenton, Florida, right in the middle of the state Gulf side. And like when I talk to a customer, they'll be like, man, I, I really wish you could come see my facility up here in Orlando. I'm like, what are you doing tomorrow? They're like, are yeah. you serious? And they're just shocked, right? They're like, are you serious? Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's a two-hour drive. I'll be there tomorrow. When, when do you open? You know, and they're like, <laughs> oh. and they're just like, oh my God, that's great. I've gotten more orders just because I drop everything and get in my truck and just drive yeah. over, yeah. you know, because I'm there, I'm present, you know. It's just and 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 previously that I that didn't exist, at least for Fanic down in Florida. Yeah. So um, like you said, that human to human relationship show up. One drive, you know, one afternoon out of your life to just show up and knock on a door and sit down with someone or grab a cup of coffee or something mm-hmm. um, can make all the difference, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing, like, like strategically that we've done a little bit different. So we got, you know, at one point in time, everything had to be virtual, had to be virtual meetings. And, right, right. Of, you know, and then and then as we, uh, at, you know, as things got lifted and everything like that, then we had the ability to travel and go visit these people, but it's like, okay, well, that's an eight hour drive. That's a, you know, we, we will, you know, we service nationwide. So it's not far fetched that we'll go drive a 14 hour drive and then stay the night and come back the next day. Like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, 
but it's like it's like man you think about that it's like oh that's two days lost you know in a sense um along with costs that are associated with it um but i think going back and like you said like just showing up because we're back to doing that now that's what i'm yeah. leaning into is we're back to doing that so like we don't care like we, we do now what we try to do is we try to do a virtual meeting first get yeah. a premise of, of what their facility is and does exactly yeah. so that way we have kind of the gears turning in our head to know exactly what we're getting into mm. and then and then within we plan that that on-site we try to do it you know as quickly as possible this week next week like yeah. like literally like we stopped we stopped in uh magna on our way down here yeah because you know it's like okay well we can either wait till next week or you know we can do this now and and so like that's another big thing that we, we try to push for and i think i think it's very very impressive to individuals who are like tomorrow you know yeah actually i am available tomorrow like mm-hmm. you know and uh I love that you mentioned Magna. My, my my code still lives in many of the Magna mirrors plants in West Michigan. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's fun. Hey, maybe but, we'll have the chance to, to go in there and mess around some of your code. There you go, man. <laughs> look, look, look for the Easter eggs. I, I always used to put bits with my initials in it, like a one-shot okay. bit. Like, Because you can name gotcha. a one-shot, whatever you want. Who cares? It's a right. one-shot, right? It'd yeah. Be AJ, AJW. That's me. Okay. <laughs> Got you. I'll keep that in mind. If any of our engineers are there, um, send take a picture, send it to you. Yeah, yeah, do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. super cool. But yeah, because were you were you on doing much of the robotic weld side of things? So uh, Fanic uh, splits our sales teams into three buckets. Okay. We have um, painting robots, welding robots, and everything else. Um, And and we call the everything else general industrial. Um, My role with FANUC is general industrial. So I get into palletizing, packaging, uh, assemblies, deburring, quality inspections, um, food, beverage, medical, pharmaceutical, um, Lord Almighty. It just goes on. All the handling. Material handling. Pick it up and set it down. So yep. I live in that world, um, and then and then for the welding side, we have uh, very you know specific guys who that that is their niche, that is where they live, and um, gotcha. you know we've uh, you know we've got a pretty good relationship with Lincoln Electric as well. Um, not that we won't work with a Miller or Fronius or whatever, but Fanuc and Lincoln are are very powerhouse combo. Yeah. Um, and so between the the Lincoln side and the Fanuc side, um, we've got that world right there. Gotcha. So do you do you like say for instance like uh, for like your position is there also a counterpart that's on the welding side for your region? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Gotcha. So at least in gotcha. the south southeastern United States, uh, Gary Kowalski. Hi, Gary. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he's he's the he's the head honcho of uh, of welding in the southeast at least. I, gotcha. And then I I forget up by you. It might be Mike Sharp. I'd have to look. But yeah, yeah. They've got they've got a, a me of painting and welding. For, gotcha. for for every region and then they've got a me for general industrial in in every state as well gotcha yeah we'll have to get a hold of them so that way we can land some rfqs in florida <laughs> hey dude do it man i welcome you to the sunshine state anytime let's go oh i'm definitely ready uh, yeah i'm still debating on like where we're going to end up headquarter headquartering at i kind of want to headquarter hometown but uh i don't know it's just I also kind of would like to live in a bigger city. So we're in Evansville, Indiana, Southern okay. Indiana. Yeah. And uh, 
we're the third biggest state in Indiana, but I don't know. Like there's just so many bigger cities that mm-hmm. there, there's definitely a level. Like you just go up just a little bit in size. Like Indianapolis is like mm-hmm. much, it's much more of like my vibe. Like there's just like a lot of vibrant energy, people moving around and doing stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, we're in Atlanta now. Like they kind of have that vibe of just yeah, things vibe. just going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean, just, yeah. but. Oh, I, was, I, I used to spend a lot of time in Indy just for fun um, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I used to come oh, out really? for the, the motorcycle racing and everything. That's my other passion in this world is yeah. two wheels and an engine. Um, nice. And so bikes on, you, you've probably been to Bikes on Meridian. I don't know if you ever heard of that. But they I have it. No. Oh, it's insane. So Meridian right downtown Indianapolis. Um, thou- t- tens of thousands of bikers all show up and it's just really? a big old big old party and uh i don't know now i've got daytona bike week in my backyard so that works but yeah indianapolis is an awesome awesome (laughs) spot man i i've always had a good time there uh, when i lived in michigan but uh yeah i know what you mean it's it's strategic too like when i moved to florida my boss just told me move to florida i mean you know i could have lived in panhandle jacksonville miami i I mean i could have lived anywhere but you got to be strategic, right? I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm in sales. I'm going to be traveling a lot. I need to be in the middle of the state so that I can get to Jacksonville just as fast as I can get to Miami. Yep. Okay. M- middle of the state. I went and checked out the Atlantic coast, you know, like Melbourne area and checked out the Gulf coast, anywhere from Tampa down to Fort Myers and kind of had to see which one spoke to me better. And I don't know. I'm just a West coast guy. I grew up in, you know, on Lake Michigan. I, I like sunsets, not sunrises. And so I uh, ended up in the middle and ended up in Bradenton, you know, so it, the same thing you're going through finding your headquarters, you got to figure out what's beneficial for business, what's best for travel, you know, what's, you know, that, where do you want to live? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot, lot yeah. to it. Find, yeah. Finding employees, where do employees want to live? Like, yeah, you know, it's like maybe like, so like one thing like Indy, the thing I like about Indy uh, is that, I feel like it's very centralized, mm. like, especially with where we are. So we're at, you know, Southern Indiana, like three hours South of, of Indy. Then like yep. you have Chicago up here, you have Detroit right over here. Uh, we have customers all along the Ohio, uh, by, by the lake. And, uh, so it's just like, really everything's kind of like in the same direction. You can get to any of the places for, for about the same amount of time. And, uh, yeah. I feel like Indy's very centrally located, but, Ideally, I personally would like to live somewhere where it's maybe it doesn't get as cold. <laughs> ah, man, I, hey, I'm I'm telling you, yeah, 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 and also too, like if you if you if you live in Florida, if your headquarters in Florida, it's probably mm-hmm. a little bit easier to get people to to uh, relocate. Hey, we, we welcome <laughs> you, man. We'll come on down. We'll you, you can get robots in the Sunshine State too. <laughs> awesome what are the changes in latitude changes in attitude baby (laughs) (laughs) awesome you see yourself sticking around in florida for a long period of time i do in fact um within fanic i recently had the opportunity to move back to charlotte north carolina where i used to live and uh that was probably the second hardest call of my entire life was do i leave florida and go back to charlotte um Mm -hmm. Because my wife and I, when we left Michigan, we looked everywhere. Like, where do we want to be that there's not snow, right? And I mean, we looked yeah. looked at California, 
nope. Uh, then we <laughs> then we looked in you know South Carolina. We looked in Georgia. We looked. Um, we actually looked at Florida, and we were like, no way. That's for old people. And like we looked everywhere, and we really fell in love with Charlotte, North Carolina. It was just like perfect. Um, you got the mountains, yeah. you got lakes, you got the ocean, you got all four seasons. It just skips the crappy one. Um, <laughs> and uh, we loved it there. And moving to Florida was kind of sad, right? It was bittersweet leaving like our dream spot to be in Florida. And now that we've been in Florida for five years, even when I had the chance to move back, I was like, no, I'm just going to stay right here. Like <laughs> the slogan here is we live where people vacation. Right. Like we, we live where people vacation. It is eternal yep. sunshine in paradise. Yeah. It's hot and sticky. And yeah, we just got blasted with Hurricane Ian. That wasn't too fun. Um, but like, it's just awesome here, dude. It's just crystal clear waters and palm trees. And it's kind of a, a different pace of life. And, you know, I, I walk into companies and I'm, I'll meet the CEO of like a multi-million dollar company. And the dude is in flip-flops and in a Hawaiian shirt unbuttoned with a beard and a ponytail. Like, that dude is worth 20 million dollars and he's walking around like cousin eddie um, <laughs> and, and it's just i mean you know it's you know florida man it's real it's it's a vibe um but yeah you know like we love it here my wife and i we love it here i love to ride motorcycles i love to play golf and i can ride and golf 365 days a year it's it's yeah. just beautiful it's 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 a good time um pretty easy to get family to come down and see us yeah um and dude my territory goes to puerto rico and the dominican i mean I'll, crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll be in puerto rico uh in a, in a couple of weeks here right after thanksgiving seeing all my friends on the island you know it's awesome how often um, do you get to travel like that well, it used to be, you know, at least two or three times a year. And then the pandemic really made that a problem. Um, not only was everything shut down on the island, but with the quarantine rules, like, dude, you could go down there, get a negative swab. And now you're stuck in a hotel in Puerto Rico for 14 days. Wow. So so it was it was really, really, really hard. Um, taking care of all my customers um, in the Caribbean for the last couple of years. Um, but I'm really hoping to start ramping up again. Uh, this will be my first trip down in like a year and a half, which is a mm. sin. But um, yeah, so this will be my first trip down. I'll be down there for a week. And then normally like once a quarter, you know, maybe, you know, two, three, four times a year would be good um, just to see them. But that's where you can use zoom and teams and webex to your advantage you know be as present as possible without booking a flight sure. but there's also direct flights from fort lauderdale to san juan so pretty easy yeah yeah not too bad yeah it's really cool that you get to experience that yeah well i don't know what type of strings you had to pull to get that job but <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding man yeah i think, I think there's, there's people waiting for me to get hit by a bus so they can get my territory <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sold on it. I'm ready to go to Florida now. All right, man. <laughs> Come on down. We'll have dinner and plan out where you're going to move. <laughs> Let's do it. Is it. How is manufacturing down there? Is it pretty Is it pretty good? It is awesome. So that's one thing people don't think about Florida. They think about the tourism, and they think about old gray hairs who are retiring. Mm -hmm. But the manufacturing is really strong here. Um, 
It is there. There is a, and I think a lot of it too has been um, like expedited because of the pandemic. You got a lot of California and a lot of New York and everyone all moving to Florida, um, yeah. whether it be political or economic or weather or whatever. Pick one, but like the generation before me and you, right? Like the baby boomers, they would work at the plant for 30 years and then retire to Florida. But our generation, we're like, dude, I can work anywhere I want. Why would I wait till retirement to go live where I want to live? I don't care if that's Colorado or California or Florida, pick one. And so that's kind of what my wife and I did. We're like, dude, we can make a living anywhere. Let's go live somewhere we want to live. And so many people are doing that, that businesses follow. You know, money follows, economy follows, more workers, more more talent, more labor, more engineer. You know, business owners from the north uh, are bring, moving their businesses down here. Um, you know, Florida's got a lot of medical and pharmaceutical. And then we also have a ton of uh, just machine shops, you know, whether it's parts that are going on boats or um, a lot of firearms manufacturers um there's 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 just a lot of machining going on down here and what a perfect spot for a robot load in your bar stock pull out a done part you know load in a blank op one flip it op two pull it back out dump it you know so machine tending i i can keep a cnc machine running 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year no bathroom breaks no sick days no holidays you're making parts yeah Hard, hard to beat that, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I have nothing but good things to say about the Florida economy right now. It's, it's, it's banging. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we, so like, as we're like mapping out what our sales, like territories are going to be, uh, is, you know, just doing research and whatnot. And I think one of the, one of the cities in Florida is like ranking within like the top 10 in the country for, uh, manufacturing growth. Dude, I totally believe that. Uh, 100% believe that. I mean, just, I would say, you know, some of the hot spots like Jacksonville is blowing up, Tampa is blowing up, and um, southeastern Florida, like Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Um, you know, or Orlando is 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 definitely, you know, touristy and a lot of, you know, Mickey Mouse, Universal, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. There's there's a lot going on in that 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 too, but those those pockets are are really spiking. It's it's really been good. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it might have been Tampa that was one of the ones that was ranking. Yeah, yeah. The whole Tampa St. Pete area is just is just awesome. You know, um, airports that fly in and out, international, super easy to get to. Again, you know, I-75 and I-4. You know, everything just kind of congregates right there. You're right on the bay. Um, yeah. yeah, Tampa's been really good, really good. Awesome. What what uh what other things do you have? What other valuable tips do you have for individuals trying to get into our industry? Yeah, Ooh, loaded question. So I would really just encourage people to talk to anyone you can get your hands on and siphon as much knowledge before you make a decision or you're going to end up making the same mistakes that other people make and history will repeat. So, I mean, whether that just means 
connect with someone on LinkedIn and have a phone call or go grab a beer with someone and have a super honest conversation and be like, Hey, I'm looking at getting into this. What does it take? What was good? What was bad? Like people talk to me about getting into sales and I tell them what I told you, it, it sucked. It was hell. And now I love it. So be prepared yeah. for that dip, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, I think it's just so important to talk to the people who paved the road before you um, and just, and just, it can really like skyrocket and, and get you over that hump fast. You know, it's just, just do your research, talk to people, go grab a beer. And, and, and a lot of people will be willing to tell you what you need to know before you make an, a decision. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like part of my reasoning for asking like the, some of the Florida questions, Yeah. right? I have a guy who's in our industry working down there in Florida, right? Like the perfect person to be asking, like, is it a yep. good spot to be for, for somebody in our space, you know? Totally. Yeah. I can give you very clear insights as to who's well <laughs> and what in the state of Florida. Right. So, I mean, it's a, it's a phone call we should probably have, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I think those are, those are big. And then going back to how we even started the conversation, um, people who are looking to get started, look for what drives you and motivates you. Look for that spark, that like aha moment. And for some people that might be business ownership, like, like you, for some people, um, it might be the comfort of working for someone like, like what I do. Um, and for some people, you know, it, it might be a robot or a PLC, or maybe you want to be the electrician. You want to be in the panel build. You want to turn, turn a wrench and be active. You don't want to sit at a desk. Um, some people like to travel. Some people are homebodies. Yep. I think you got to figure out like, everybody has some talent, some gift, just figure out how you can make money off of that and, and be happy doing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think also like you kind of touched on it, but like just trying to get an idea of what it is that you want to do, kind of knowing whether you're a homebody or, or you want to be on the road. Mm -hmm. Cause like, that was one of my things. Whenever I, whenever I first, you know, I was, when I first started getting into this and, and going to school for this, I was kind of searching after money, right? I, I wanted to make good money because I knew I was financially too. sound. Yeah. <laughs> then I knew I could shift, right? I knew I could, if I wanted to do something different, I would have the financial capability to do it. Yep. And, you know, so that landed me as being a controls engineer, like PLC mm -hmm. robot programming, because it's one of the highest paid. Yep. Uh, I knew traveling. A lot of people made good good money for traveling. Robot so that's, baby. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what got me into system integration. It was like, okay, what has traveling? I'm asking my teachers this, you know, hey, what what type of jobs have traveling? What type of jobs? Uh, what pays the most in this in this uh, career field? And you know, they were able to give me those insights. And actually, that question is what brought my teacher to say, actually, I graduated with somebody who owns their own system integration company. There Let you me go. connect you, right? And that's literally how how the whole cookie crumbled for me. Is she contacted them? I landed a job with them, like my first semester in college, yeah. and. I spent eight years at that company, dude. That, I love, <laughs> I love hearing that. That's that's literally how it should be. Yeah, Absolutely. that's so. Cool. I think another big thing is it's, it's getting on like LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You know, getting connected with podcasts like this. You know how many names that you've mentioned in the in this podcast here that yeah. are now people you could search on LinkedIn and yeah, oh, who's this? What is he doing? Where does he work? Like you know, totally. And just watch their posts, see the things they're talking about, and it'll so in insightful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, awesome. dude. Where uh, where can people find you at? 
All right. Find find me on LinkedIn. Search my name, uh, Adam Wille, W-I-L-L-E-A. Find me on YouTube. If you're wanting to learn robots, follow my channel. I try and upload once or twice a month with all cool stuff. Find me on YouTube. I've got all kinds of FANUC training. Um, And certainly if you live in Florida, uh, you can you can hit me up. Uh, it's it's pretty easy to get a hold of me. You, you can even just put in a, a, a web inquiry on uh, fanicamerica.com and put in a Florida zip code. It'll come straight to me. Um, nice. So find, find me on Fanic, find me on Florida, find me on YouTube and find me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to talk to people. Always. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I definitely respect the YouTube thing that you have going on as well, because like whenever we started our YouTube channel, that's what it was tailored to be. It was more of like the tutorials for engineers, but you know, with me being the host of that and, and, and trying to do those engineering videos and, and operate the company, it's very, very hard to sustain. By the time you get connected, by the time you get connected to the PLC and you get, you know what I mean? You get all that set up, you spend an hour getting things ready just to shoot the video. Serious. Serious. People don't realize how much it goes into a YouTube video and the content and the practice and then the editing and the setup and, a, a lot goes into a 20 minute video, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They are. Our, our first YouTube video was like, uh, Oh, it was either, I think it was, it was connecting a Fanuc robot directly to a Proface HMI. Nice. Yeah. I think it's what it was. Yeah. 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 I think we were maybe using like Modbus or something like that with it. Yeah. I think yeah. one of, I think one of my very first videos was connecting a Fanuc robot to an Allen Bradley PLC. Really? Nice. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So common questions, you know, helping people out. Most, most people who have a, an Alan Bradley probably have a FANUC and most people who have a FANUC probably have an Alan Bradley. I mean, it's two big gorillas in the room. How about a video to show how to hook them up? You know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So guys, definitely if you're a controls engineer, go hit up his YouTube channel because uh, you'll learn a lot. (laughs) Thanks. Awesome. Hey, thanks for being on our, on our podcast today. Dude, yeah, this was a joy. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, same. Likewise. And I'm looking forward to seeing you down in Florida. You bet. I'll <laughs> see you here. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks.